Welcome to this episode of Layers of Design. My name is Ebehi and I'm the host. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate every listen, like, and share, and we hope to keep bringing inspiring content your way. In this episode, I have a conversation with architect Louis Bertomieu. From wanting to be a football player to taking an interest in architecture, he shares how different experiences along the way have shaped his career and his view of life. He also talks about the importance of hard work, consistent practice, and connecting with yourself. Lewis's story has inspired us to never give up, and I hope you get inspired as well. Hey, Lewis, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. So let's get right into it. What got you into architecture and design? Well, this is like a funny story because it's, of course, the story of my life. But funny thing is that I wasn't really introduced to architecture or design in mm. my uh, young years, like never. Actually, um, the only thing I knew how to do was play football or soccer, I suppose, in, in the USA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really good at it. And I thought that, of course, like if I followed the natural steps uh, that I was doing, that I would eventually become a football player. Oh um, yeah, but then when I was around fifteen, uh, I was like di- diagnosed with a with a spine disease, and mm-hmm. so I had to stop. And it was like, okay, I was dreaming of becoming a football player, and then eventually I had to I had to change my dream and dream something different. Right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is that um, once you're at school, when you're fourteen, they ask you what do what do you want to study when you grow older, mm-hmm. and they make you choose and 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 yeah, kind of choose the the the. Um, the different uh, classes that you want to have when yeah. you're 14. And for me, it's a bit too early to decide. But at that point, um, I thought I wanted to be a veterinary, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, because my <laughs> uncle was a veterinary and I loved animals. I still do, of course. <laughs> so I thought that was it. And I chose um, biology and chemistry. And then because there was no other course related to veterinary, but I had to, to have a third one. I chose art because there was one thing that I loved doing besides playing football and that was drawing. I wasn't good at it, but I loved mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the thing is that biology and chemistry became really boring at school. So finally <laughs> I said to myself, okay, I'm not going to be a veterinary because I hate these courses. So I don't want to study this at college. And when I finished, uh, I was speaking with my dad and I told him that I was going to study um, graphic design. Okay. So, you know, I was going to do my, my art, try to, to, to do something with it. And because my older brother and older sister both went to Brussels to study, my father told me to do the same, follow mm-hmm. the steps, go to Brussels. But also because they failed, both of them failed <laughs> the first years, right? Yeah. They started some career, some studies. And after two years, they dropped those studies and changed eventually mm-hmm. because they found what they loved. Um, my father thought that it was the, it was going to be the same thing for me. Yeah. And so he said, I know that you're capable of doing graphic design. If you do it, you will finish it. But what? why not starting with something more difficult, right? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So he sent me the brochure of uh, the architecture school in Brussels. <laughs> and he was right, like in the brochure, they were saying that you needed to be creative, you know, imagination, um, mm-hmm. to, to be able to put yourself in a three, three, three dimensions. Um, so th- that kind of things. And, you know, I said, OK, let's just give it a try. 
let's do. And he said, okay, you have two years to fail. You can fail, it's okay. <laughs> um, but if you don't fail, that's better, right? Yeah. So when I started the, the architecture studies, I was like a newborn, like literally. I didn't know who Le Corbusier was. They were talking uh, in, the, in the history class about Le Corbusier, about Nice van der Rohe. And I was like, okay, I don't know who these guys are, but you know, yeah. eventually and slowly, I fell in love with uh, with architecture and design. <clears throat> and I guess that that's how uh, it all started, right? Like just by coincidence and just uh, getting to know the architecture by what it is, I just fell in love. And uh, of course, uh, in architecture, there's several several different categories too. I would say. Yeah. And I was lucky that my school was very arty, so it was very creative. It was more in, in, in the, you know, in imagination and creativity more than in physics and engineering. And that was good for me because <laughs> since I didn't do physics or maths at school, I was not good at it either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the thing is that when I started, everyone said um, that, of course, I was not going to make it. Um, oh, wow. Because I didn't have the background. You know, like I, I didn't prepare myself for such a career. And mm -hmm. Of course, it's not only in Belgium, but also uh, everywhere in the world. Architecture is well known for being a difficult uh, career to take. Right? Definitely. You need to be very passionate and you need to give a, invest a lot of time. And uh, I just didn't have it yet, but it came eventually. So I would say that if I can do it, <laughs> if I, can, I, I was able to become an architect, I think that everyone can. <laughs> That's amazing. What a story. Like transferring from, you know, thinking about football to yeah. being a vet and mm -hmm. then to architecture. Of course, wow. it's nothing. Like it was just um, coincidence. And finally I got there and mm -hmm. I just fell in love. And it's wow. great to have different passions anyhow. You know, Of I, course. I, I, I love animals. I'm not a veterinarian, but mm -hmm. I, do, I have two dogs and I take care of them as, you know, as if I was a veterinarian, I guess. Mm -hmm. I love football still and because I feel better about my disease, I still play it. And, oh, wow. and architect finally, architecture finally is the same, you know, it's just one more passion that, I'm, that makes my life interesting, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what would you say your, like you're most passionate about in architecture? What's your favorite thing about architecture? That's a really interesting question. <laughs> I, I suppose, um, like my, uh, my, my boss tell, tells me that for mm -hmm. him it's to, uh, to start something from scratch, you know, for, uh, mm -hmm. like conceptually. And then once uh, see it built, I think that's the most satisfying part about architecture. Definitely. seeing your work out there being lived and being used by others yeah um, i think that's for sure the the most uh, interesting part about architecture yeah for sure <laughs> for sure it's so surreal seeing that like final step right yeah it's so surreal but especially <laughs> when you know when the builder actually takes in account <laughs> your, yes. your feelings and your design and really <laughs> wants to do it as it was meant to be as um, you wish of course, it's not always so easy, right? Um, mm. Because uh, finally, it's money who decides, um, yeah. right, how it's built or when it's built. But when uh, when the builder really takes in consideration the art behind it, then it's mm -hmm. the most satisfying. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so talk to me about. Let me see. Actually, I would really like to know about your experience so far. You know, I know you started mm -hmm. off in Brussels. 
but mm-hmm. I also read a bit and I saw that you also worked for um, Sao Fujimoto. How yes. was that? Well, also very interesting. So, um, well, first of all, I'd like to say, um, I will I will speak first about my studies because of yes. course like like I was um, a newborn again um, mm-hmm. I was learning from scratch like I was really learning everything from the beginning and I was really bad at it at first I really sucked and and I think it's important to really be bad first to okay. realize that um, the, the shame of being so bad you don't want to do it again right? <laughs> and I had this these different points in in my career or in my studies architecture studies that made me, where I failed in the end, that made me feel really bad about myself. Mm. And I guess that the first one was starting, where everyone knew how to draw a plan, and I was so lost. I mean, I was was so bad at it, that I just asked myself as a challenge to please get much better, you know, to be there with them, because it makes you feel so bad that you you don't ju- you just don't want to do to go through that again that feeling right yeah and was the second part of, of my studies was in when i did my exchange year i i went to madrid to spain and i was okay. confident because i told myself okay now i'm going to do this in spanish and not in mm-hmm. french so it's going to be easier mm-hmm. i'm going to feel more more comfortable it's going to be better and once i got there i remember i i i drew a plan with autocad right Mm-hmm. And uh, I printed it. I was so I was so um, happy with it. I showed it to my classmates, and I was talking in Spanish with a girl that didn't mm-hmm. know me. Mm-hmm. And she was looking at it, and she looked at me, and then said, "You you're an exchange student, right?" Oh. You know, I was so surprised <laughs> because I was speaking Spanish almost as good as her, even oh. better. You know, and oh. I was like, "Oh, how did you know?" because your plan sucks. <laughs> no. I was like, oh, wait, what? And she said, yeah, this is a, an exchange student plan. And I was like, what? What does that even mean? And apparently it's because, yeah, I didn't take in account the different, um, the different layers, the different thicknesses of the lines, the different colors of the lines, okay. because there's black and then there's gray. There's light gray, but also, you know, strong gray. So a lot of different grays. I was again so lost and I felt I felt so ashamed and so bad that I just wanted to learn. So when I went to Madrid, my first idea was to get better at engineering, right? Because in Brussels, we didn't have that part as much. And I told myself, okay, I'm going to Madrid. Here, they're really good at engineering and physics and at um, those kind of things. So I'm going to learn and I'm going to get good at it, right? Um, but finally, what I did was getting good at drawing actual AutoCAD plans like they did right Mm -hmm. so I asked for the AutoCAD file I started studying the file I started doing drawings and eventually one year later I um I got better at uh, at it than than them right Mm -hmm. because I was putting my own uh, personality in the plans of course and you kept practicing exactly by using their techniques but applying my own Mm. ideas right and then after that just after after that, I went to Tokyo to work uh, as an intern with uh, Sufujimoto, right? Mm. And the thing is that I asked for the internship in uh, December, right? Okay. And it's going. It was going to be in July. So in the resume, I put that I was good at Rhino 3D, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was not in December. But I told myself, <laughs> okay, I have six months to get better and to get yeah. good. So I'm yeah. gonna do it. But you know, exchange year and everything. 
I didn't practice, I didn't work enough. So it was like the day before and I was still as good in Rhino as I was in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first day <laughs> in the, in the um, Supergimoto studio, they asked me to do this amazing uh, house in Brazil in Rhino, right, in 3D. Mm-hmm. And I was so ashamed because I, have to, I had to say, like, no, I'm not capable, right? And in my resume, there was always sketch, also SketchUp, right? Yeah. And I was okay with SketchUp, but not as okay or as confident to do a house. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to say no again, like, twice. The oh, first no. thing that I was asked to do, I had to say no twice. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I lied. <laughs> I cannot do it. <laughs> And so I felt so bad. I felt like so ashamed that again, yeah. I didn't want to do have this feeling again. But they were really nice with me. Huh? Uh, so yes. the, everyone was super nice. Uh, even Mr. Sufujimoto was uh, was great, was very humble. I got to speak with him to, wow. uh, yeah, to, to speak about projects. We worked on, on several projects, like internationally projects. Um, it was great. It was a learning experience. It was huge. But I also learned that that was not the environment I wanted to work yeah. uh, in the future because it was a lot of stress because mm. also, of course, the Japanese mentality is uh, hard work. Yeah. And sometimes it's even too much. And I love life so much. And yeah. Other things, like I said, uh, it can be football or it can be my dogs. It can be nature. It can be movies, whatever. I just want to do many other things, not just work. So it was great. I learned a lot. And finally, I was making a lot of paper models. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm not 3Ds, but I still learned to, for example, I, I got better at doing um, illustrations um, using Photoshop. And I think that's the, it was there where I learned the most about that. And of course, being uh, with other cultures, um, there was a lot of French people, a lot of, I mean, general European people. Um, Japanese, Chinese, Americans. It was a lot of different cultures and it was great. It was like almost a micro-university. I don't know if you know what, what I mean, but it was really like... Yeah, with just a bunch yeah. of cultures just together and creating. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. And this, then there was separated in different groups. Like the European were mainly working on European projects. Mm. The Chinese on Chinese projects. And Japanese was Japan, but also other places in the world, right? Mm-hmm. It was really interesting, huge experience. I'm so grateful that I had that experience because, I, I mean, Supojimoto was was my favorite architect. Oh, wow. Yes. And Japanese architecture in general was uh, was my reference. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for being so open about your experience, you know, and just no, sharing. I mean, of course, of course. <laughs> like no, your I think struggles. it's important to, mm-hmm. to, to know that nothing comes easy for anyone. Yes. But if you work hard enough and if you are confident in yourself, I think eventually you can get there. Right? Wow. And I was bad I, w- I didn't have the maths i didn't have the physics i was bad at drawing i was bad at projects i was bad at architecture in general mm-hmm. but uh, if you really want to you can do it it's you just can. a matter of learning i mean of course there's uh, punctual times in in your studies where where there's this teacher who tells you something that makes you click also you know of like I, I remember, for example, in Brussels, there, were, there, were, there was this teacher who told me that I was really a good drawer, right? Mm-hmm. And I told him that, okay, I can draw plants by hand really nicely with mm-hmm. this personality, 
but I told him that I didn't want to learn AutoCAD because I didn't like the feel of the AutoCAD plans. They were, for me, they were too cold. But he told me that actually AutoCAD is just a drawing tool. Mm -hmm. So I could do the same drawings I was doing by hand. I could do them in AutoCAD. I just knew, uh, I just had to learn how to do it. And eventually I started doing these awesome um, sections that looked like huge comic book sections because there was mm -hmm. like life inside, you know, things happening. But at the same time, it was really technical. And, you know, we had, we had this mix between architecture and comic books almost. And I guess that that was the point uh, where I, I saw that I was good at illustration. I was good at because my life al ha had always been, you know, reading uh, comic books and watching uh, animated TV shows. And I think that what shapes us uh, as um, as children finally comes back once we're adults. Yes. I mean, just from seeing your work alone, honestly, it, it just looks like you're a born architect. Like you, you I don't know if you know what I mean. Like your no work way. is so amazing. And because it, it personally caught my attention Thanks. when <laughs> I was going through and I saw, I can't even remember the first place. I think it was an, an architecture magazine um, okay. on Instagram. And I saw one of your, your drawings, one of your renders. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I'm trying to start delving into. Because I, okay. I normally do a lot of photorealistic yeah. renders. Yeah, so yeah. I, I want to start like exploring yes, this other yes, medium. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, I saw your work and I was like, wow, this is beautiful. And then I clicked on your page and I just saw more. And I was like, this is amazing. I wonder what his story is. I wonder how long he had been doing this for. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was like, I need to reach out to hear how you got started. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so, so nice of you. But I have to say that you said something that is really interesting also, mm -hmm. um, that you usually do photorealistic um, renders, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. I was uh, also really bad at them because I wasn't good at computers. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually I wanted to do myself my own renders, right? I was doing my projects, so I wanted my renders. <clears throat> so I started the, um, practicing too. And I saw that I had the choice. I, I could start with 3ds Max and V-Ray and eventually do super photorealistic renders, right? Mm -hmm. But it was taking so long for me to learn yes. those programs. And then, and then I stumbled with SketchUp that was used at my school a lot, right? And I saw that SketchUp was actually a um, software made for architects. And it was really intuitive. And I, I was really getting into it. And at, what, at one point, I asked myself, like, do I even like photorealistic renders? Okay. I mean, of course, they're beautiful. But I feel that sometimes they're even more realistic than actual reality, yes. right? And so when you do a great 3D render, I think that the client or the person who's going to build the house is expecting that kind of um, details, right? Mm -hmm. And if reality is not as realistic as the photorealistic render, then there's a problem, right? Yes. And I feel that mixing both uh, this unreal feel of the illustrations with the actual realistic projects has this uh, middle point where where there is art and technique where they mix yes. up, right? And I guess that it gets much more interesting. And for me, it was that. I wanted to, um, this love or passion that I had for comic books and illustrations, I wanted to, to pursue it in architecture also, right? I wanted to, mm -hmm. to, to illustrations to, to show who I am, right? Yeah. To show nature because I love nature, to show animals because I love animals, to, 
to be myself and accept my accept myself for who I am, right? Mm. And even as an architect, and it's funny also because mm, when I tell architects that that I play football, they mm-hmm. suppose that I'm a bad football player because I'm a good <laughs> architect. But when I tell football players that I'm an architect, they assume that I'm a bad architect because I can I can play football good, um, <laughs> you know, uh, really well. So. But I don't think that's it, right? I can be yeah. an architect and a football player and a dog exactly. and a owner and a, I don't know, and a good boyfriend and a good son <laughs> and everything. Because I think that being good, it takes practice, it, it takes yeah. hard work, but eventually you can get there. For sure. And it's it's really important, the points you're touching on, especially being um, in a very challenging career and still yes. making time to also you know really practice and live your life and enjoy the things that you love because a lot of times because our profession is so challenging a lot of people feel like it's either you're an architect and you're nothing else or you're not an architect yes exactly there was this also this anecdote uh when i first started architecture my older sister she did um interior design right Mm -hmm. and uh, her boyfriend was also an interior architect and both of them, uh, they told me that um, architects were assholes. <laughs> they said, please don't become an architect because you're going to become an asshole. They think oh that they're God. entitled because they studied yes. so much, because they went through so much that, you know, they can do whatever they want. But they're not engineers and they're not interior designers. They're in the middle. And I, yeah. you know, it was I thought to myself, okay, this is just, you know, they say this, but it's not true. But no. finally, at school, I, I found out that uh, some people were like that. Right? Yep. Not everyone, of course, but there was like this group of architects that it was so, so, you know, I don't know. I, sense, like I mean. Know. <laughs> yes, yes, like mean, like entitled, like, I don't I know. know. Like, they, they just feel that, you know, they're the king of the world. And, exactly. And, and I don't at that know. point, yeah. Uh-huh. No, go on. No, no, I was just going to say that at that point, I, I decided that, okay, if I'm going to become an architect, I am still going to be myself, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm still going to love the things that I love. I'm not gonna, going to toss them out just because I, I should be part of or be this kind of person that they yes. expect me to be, right? Yes, exactly. No, I was going to say it's it's funny because a couple months ago, I was so frustrated because... Mm-hmm. I get like frustrated in waves about the career because it can be so demanding sometimes. Yeah. Um, and during one of my, you know, frustrations, I literally Googled why are architects assholes? <laughs> no way. <For> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh no. Because I just couldn't, I, I still can't understand mm-hmm. why, you know, some architects, they're so talented, but because mm-hmm. of all of the struggles that they've been through, they find they feel the need to i guess start pushing maybe pushing other like younger architects down or acting like you know they're the owners of the world they're entitled yeah i'm like i love architecture i love design i'm extremely passionate about it but Mm -hmm. i don't do that you know my upbringing is to always bring people up because i believe that once you bring people up then you grow you know you you get elevated too of course, of course. So and, and, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah, to ahead. like change that, especially with layers of design. I'm really trying to enforce that you can be a great architect, you can be a great designer, but also you can be a person kind. like, yes, you can be kind. Yes. You know, there's so much more yes. to the person behind the profession. Mm-hmm. Of course, that has to be. That has to be. 
Yeah. I always say, for me, uh, the most important thing in the world is to be kind as a person. You know, so you can be an architect, you can be huge, like well known, mm-hmm. but still be kind, right? And exactly. I, I mean, I don't know personally a lot of well known architects, but I had the feeling, for example, with uh, Bjark Ingels, architect from Big, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. once I got the opportunity to meet him, that he was this kind of person, you know, very open, very, mm-hmm. very open about his process. Also, I feel that there is this competitiveness in yes. architecture. Um, and jealousy finally mm-hmm. also that makes some architects be worried about their own future I don't know I mean that they're they're afraid to share their their process of work their workflow um, mm-hmm. their I... ideas because they're afraid to that they, they will be stolen right mm-hmm. and I completely this... agree because at yeah. the end of the day what I always tell myself is that all of these things that other architects and designers put out, that should serve as an inspiration, right? And even if you copy something like perfectly, let's say you copy perfectly, it's not Mm -hmm. going to be the exact same because every person has their own style. Every person has something they're looking at. Like if we look at an image, I would find something that jumps out at me that another person won't. You know, so everybody has their own personality. So why be stingy with your process? (laughs) There is there is a funny thing um, here in Instagram. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I I have this image to upload. Right. I'm so confident, confident it's going to be great because I love it. Right. I think it's it's just perfect. Mm -hmm. And then it gets like 200 likes. And (laughs) and then there is this other one that I'm not expecting nothing about it and gets 2000. Right. So you never really know. Um, like you say, people have other tastes and other influences, and maybe they would like something for something else completely exactly. different than you, right? Because we have different influence all around, I mean, all along our life um, that shapes us uh, and makes us who we are now, I guess. Yeah. But you're touching this point also that it's very important, important and I guess that it's, uh, it's sharing our work, right? Showing our work to others. And um, I, I guess that, you know, school doesn't teach you everything. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, school just teach me that uh, you can fail and still do it in the end, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I failed at so many projects. Uh, I felt so bad. But finally, uh, you do it, right? Yeah. So school teach me how to fail and still move on. But I guess that learning, for example, softwares like SketchUp or Lumion or Photoshop, it was by my own. Right, mm-hmm. it was it was watching YouTube channels. It was it was, <laughs> it was I don't know uh, with Instagram. It was this kind of um, reference and this kind of influence and this kind of teachers, free teachers in the end, right? Yeah. And now that I'm at a point where I feel that people like what I do, and um, you know that they're being inspired and and learning from me, I I want to share back what I took once. Exactly. You know. So that's why um, at this point I'm, I'm trying to, to create this, this content that I give for free for people to, to, to mainly students like I was once, you know, yeah. I was broke too at that point <laughs> and I couldn't afford, I know, to pay for this kind of thing. So I think that the right thing to do is really to give them for free so that they can practice and they can get better and eventually they will do the same once they can, right? Exactly. I, I hope so. That's the hope. <laughs> that's the hope, exactly. <laughs> but that's why also I'm, I'm, I mean, I have a, this YouTube channel that is not uh, yet going on as it should, but where I want to work more to teach 
my process again to show how it's done so that they can get inspired and again learn the tool and then apply their own personality mm -hmm. of yeah. course yeah. so um i want to touch on your different experiences right so you have different backgrounds in terms of studying architecture and finding out the kind of designer that you want to be yeah. I, I wanted to like ask how have all of those experiences influenced you as a designer? Again, super interesting question. <laughs> um, at first, at school, it's just about attraction, right? So okay. what you see, if you like it or you don't like it, especially mm -hmm. when, in, like in my case, when you didn't have a background, you just saw something and just felt it was beautiful or not, right? You have your yeah. own, your own um, ideas. But then when you start uh, to learn uh, what's behind every project, so how you make it, so how you take the context, how you take materials, how you take everything that creates a project. I mean, for me, that's the most important part of the design process. Okay. Okay. Doing something that actually has a place where it, mm. where it is, right? Not just yeah. doing a sculpture and just place it in, placing it there, right? Of course. Um, and then um, at school also, of course, with these um, architecture history classes, I became, I, I fell in love with this Japanese kind of minimalistic architecture, right? This mm -hmm. um, raw materials, like, uh, for example, Tadawando, right? Um, mm -hmm. I was very, very uh, passionate about his work uh, with concrete. Um, and of course, Sufojimoto is the same. It's this contrast between the green of the nature and the white of the architecture. And for me, yeah. this was great. Finally, I knew that I was in love with nature. And my passion was to integrate nature always inside the architecture. And mm -hmm. finally, I guess that that's my design fetish. I, I would say maybe mixing always nature with architecture and uh, integrating both together, right? Mm -hmm. Not making a, a barrier between mm -hmm. both, mm -hmm. but really putting them together as a, as a one, right? Wow. And then, of course, I came here to Luxembourg, and we have in Luxembourg we have this thing uh, that's a really small country, but quite dense. I mean, the population is not huge, it's like half a million, mm -hmm. but they build a lot because it's difficult to build. It's a really green place, so you need to... You, you just have, like, specific places where you can build, right? And at one point, they were building so much, but just thinking about the money, that all the architecture was the same. Mm. And uh, I have this this idea or this dream of changing Luxembourgians, right? Okay. To giving something to studying the history of, of Luxembourgian of Luxembourg, and uh, and applying a new kind of architecture for it. Because I feel like, for example, we have this Japanese architecture that speaks for itself. We also okay. have I get that the Dutch architecture is really, you know, really expressive. A lot of design. It's really beautiful architecture too. Mm, I suppose that, you know, we have different architectures for different times and different countries. And I would mm -hmm. like to give something like that for Luxembourg. I'm still not there because for now, of course, I'm working as a young architect. But <laughs> yeah. I've made my kind of my uh, place there already in a mm -hmm. few years. So, you know, my dream is to, to, to change uh, Luxembourg's landscape, I guess. Okay. So to kind of give Luxembourg's um, architecture an identity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Yes. Beautiful. I can't wait, you know, in a couple of years. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I feel Luxembourg is a special place because mm -hmm. it's really, uh, really woody. There's a lot of forest, a lot of green, um, you know, so taking wood as a material is already something to work with, right? But it's also mm -hmm. been a, a country that has uh, this uh, metal history, you know, we, 
we've done a lot of, of mining. And, you know, there's always these references that you have to take in account in order to make a, yeah. an identity, right? Mm -hmm. Something that speaks for Luxembourg. So let's talk about your design process. So from conceptual yeah. stage to final design, once you either get like a prompt, you know, like an mm -hmm. idea or a client, walk us through that. <laughs> well, there's, of course, it's important to, you know, make the client happy, right? Of super course. important and sometimes you have clients that don't really care about the design sometimes you have people that really that's the most important but us as, as architects we always want we always want to do this um, you know the design that speaks for yourself that it's nice that it's arty and i think the most important when i get a project mm -hmm. is starting to draw okay. i feel that using my hand using uh, you know the tools that i have manually are better when you start a project from scratch in the in the earliest stages you know, okay. drawing, it's always drawing. So I take this um, transparent paper, tracing paper, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, tracing paper. <laughs> I put a big tracing paper on the table and I just start drawing with a big, mm. thick, uh, black um, marker. Marker, okay. exactly. That's mm -hmm. the word. And I just start and start and I, and I write and I, I just, you know, I, I look at references, maybe Pinterest, whatever it is, books. I love books. I love the feeling of, of, of having hmm. a book. Uh, the, the smell of a book, you know, mm -hmm. uh, those kind of things are very inspiring. But also what I love is to go out for a walk, right? Mm. And I had this already at school. This was really interesting because um, I, I, I adopted my first dog in my <laughs> second year of school. Okay. It was a bad idea already there. Then, <laughs> like, you're a student, you're broke, and you want yeah. to adopt a dog. But I was going through a, a bad moment in my life. And mm -hmm. I knew that dogs were important to me, right? And so there was this thing for me it was destiny and I had to take him. I remember like for doing projects for school, maybe it was three in the morning, you know, I had to finish before, uh, I don't know, the next day it was three in the morning and I, and I needed to go out. So I took my dog, I just went for a walk, maybe 30 minutes. And you know, everything changed in my head. All the ideas were new. I was feeling like a new ideas coming in and the project just changed by going out and taking a breath, right? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And nowadays it's i still do it because of course i still have to go out with the dogs yeah. i don't do it in the morning anymore but <laughs> i still do it every single day and i think that it's you know going back to this reality i guess this 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 being in earth you know knowing that everything else doesn't really matter what matters is that we're here that we're alive yeah that you know that we get to see the trees that we get to see the sun you know those kind of things that that's the reality that's what's important that we're alive right mm -hmm. and then i don't know it just makes you think differently and uh, nature helps when mm -hmm. designing you know yeah so nature is part of what inspires you always and even you know said saying this like this it's like okay maybe trees inspire you no it's the mm -hmm. fact that we are small in a huge world huge yeah. universe and that that this world is just beautiful you know yeah and maybe trying to put uh, me as an architect to do something beautiful to to give back to the world that's just uh, very inspiring and very motivating i really admire the fact that you're extremely in touch with yourself and with your surroundings and you bring that into your designs thank you so much for now i i don't have the opportunity always to do the projects that i would love to do you know? mm -hmm, of course <laughs> because it's not easy as an architect to do so yeah um, and i would love to have once the opportunity to you know because i'm for me the most interesting projects are houses mm. like for families you know 
because finally that's where we spend most of the time as persons right mm -hmm. and uh, i mean i live in an apartment really small apartment with my two dogs but i have huge windows to the woods right mm -hmm. and when i bought this place people told me that i was crazy because i it's like 40 minutes from the town of luxembourg right oh wow so it's super far and 40 minutes by car and uh, <laughs> and i told myself okay maybe i am crazy i don't know you know all these people telling you something but all my life i also realized that people can say whatever they want like mm -hmm. you're not going to make it through architecture school because you didn't do maths or physics or whatever mm -hmm. but finally when you are true to yourself uh, you cannot have any regrets right for so sure. i came here and yeah things were not easy at first but i wouldn't change this for nothing right now right these huge mm -hmm. windows to the woods that makes me calm that makes me happy and that's what i need right and yeah. i guess that this inspires me to do houses and for families to have these to change the way of living right not mm -hmm. i mean because you can do a, a shoebox for whoever and you know but when you have this client this particular family these these people that uh, have a vision of their future also and you get to shape it i guess that for me it's the most inspiring uh, type of project that i can get <laughs> beautiful um so from what point from you know drawing i guess opening up that big sketch paper with your marker from what point do you transfer those ideas those sketches to the computer really early actually hmm. okay. <laughs> really early yeah because i i always want to check you know if it's going to work or not and because mm -hmm. we're so limited by rules like for example here in luxembourg as i guess it's everywhere the same you have these uh, different rules that you have to apply in order to build a house, right? Yeah. It's limit from the from the limit. You, you need three meters from here. You need six <laughs> yeah. meters from here. Maximum twelve percent. You know. Yeah. All the setbacks and codes. Yeah, but I think limits are also good. You know, because also. they 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 of course limit your work. So you have these boundaries you cannot cross. So okay. it's good, but you need to find this different way of doing it by playing by the rules. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know if it's, uh, and I, I, that's one of the things I guess that, you know, there's this kind of people when, when they have rules, they just stay, you know, they stick to these rules and mm -hmm. that's, that's it. That's why Luxembourg has so, so many houses that are just copy paste, you know, mm -hmm. the same one over again, where there, uh, there's other type of people that when they get this project, um, and they know the rules, but they just want to, you know, play around the rules you stay you stick with them but you still apply your own personality and your own rules right yeah and um, i think for me that's the most interesting doing the same as everyone else but just differently but different like pushing the boundary in a different way yes yes nice yes. nice um okay so i want i want us to talk a bit about stress <laughs> right okay, great that's something i love that topic <laughs> <laughs> exactly don't we all as architects yes. and designers i feel we're constantly under yes. that stress and that yes. pressure story of our lives yes <laughs> for sure so how do you manage the stress well i think you know um for me is this i this this phrase um that i hear a lot uh from in latin that it's uh, memento mori right Okay. That means okay. eventually we will die. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, eventually we will all die, right? Okay. So why being scared or why uh, being stressed for something that is not so important? Okay. Like I said before, when you're in nature or in contact with nature, you, you get a sense of uh, how big the universe is and how small you are. And, you know, when you're uh, at home uh, in bed 
stressing about the tomorrow's exam, for example. <laughs> like yeah. it happened yeah. to me thousands of times. I, I There was nights I couldn't even sleep because I, ju- I was just thinking about the exam. When you realize that the most, I, I guess that the scariest thing that can happen to ourselves is just dying. When yeah. you accept that that's something that is just going to happen to everyone, then you just stop being afraid of everything. When you also understand that failing is the most important thing you can have to get better, then you just look for, you know, a way of failing, Mm -hmm. right? And it's scary, but it's necessary because Mm -hmm. you only get good by failing a lot of times, right? There's not just... It's not just like two streets or two 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 directions. Either mm-hmm. I fail or I or I do it really really well. No, it's I failed and I fail some more. Then maybe I fail again until I just uh, I win. get it right. I think that stress is really harmful for ourselves mm. um, as human beings. You know, for um, sure. And we need to find ways to to fight it back. I guess that meditation helps. I guess mm. that, you know, me, myself, I guess I lost five years uh, of life just by stressing <laughs> during the architecture studies, you know, like... We all did. <laughs> of course, of course. But that's, I guess that's the problem of uh, the architecture school, that you lose, uh, you lose years of life. But I guess that, for example, for doctors, medicine must be something similar. And I guess yeah. that for them, it's like that for all their life, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's really important to know that sleeping is very important you need to get your sleeping hours but when you're young and you can do it just uh, work hustle and grind because you will get the the chance to sleep later also so (laughs) you will for me it's just a way of trying to be great you know not Mm. being afraid to be great i think Mm. that some people just are are afraid not only to fail but also to be great i i think we just have to lose the the fear of everything in general just be alive we never know when our last day is going to be you know we uh, no one assures us that we'll have a tomorrow so you know especially these days you know we were doing plans i mean right now i should be in new york right now (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) because my sister lives there and she's graduating from uh, the new school in new york and i'm so proud of her and i should be there for the graduation but, you know, this happened, this uh, pandemic, and now we're here and everything changed. So we never know how things are going to, to get eventually. So just be true to yourself. Don't be scared about life because life, it's it's hard in general yeah, for everyone. It is. Everyone has problems, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we should feel lucky because already being born, it's already something amazing. It's a blessing. So it's a blessing, yes indeed (laughs) you you touched on something really powerful you know when you said that people are not only afraid to fail but they are also afraid to be great yes it's a scary thought it is it really is responsibility yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. because once you start thinking about that you start thinking you know what if you know what if i'm so big and what if people don't like me or what if i don't get exactly where i'm trying to go But you know one thing I heard one time, someone was like, Mm -hmm. instead of thinking, what if I fail, why don't you think, what if I don't? What if I'm so great? What if if I take this step and I achieve something so amazing? You know, so kind of stop already proclaiming that Mm -hmm. what if failure in your life, but more of like, what if I'm great? (laughs) Yes. And I think that's the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. Like just to be curious i guess about how great can you get you know because no one gets great from uh, like from one day to another it's just a matter of every day working hard you know getting better and eventually when that happens you will be ready for Mm -hmm. sure right because you've been doing it you've been training you've been doing the hustle you're ready for it right 
And I guess that no one is ever ready, right? No. <laughs> also, because I didn't think I was going through architecture school myself. Like I was, uh, okay, maybe not. But finally I did it. And that made me think, okay, if I do this, I can do everything, right? Yeah. And I I was scared, you know, of being great. And then at some things I, I got really good. And I saw that, you know, responsibility made me more mature. And being more mm-hmm. mature made me more kind you know or more responsible try to trying to you know to teach others to make them realize that life is hard but it's beautiful also right architecture yeah. is just a part of it it's not so important so if you fail, <laughs> don't worry there's, exactly there's so architecture is huge but it's not the end of the world <laughs> never nothing is really. nothing is just the the people you love around you uh, have them around you and for me, that's the most important thing. Right? Mm-hmm. But also, like we said, be kind yes. and treat others with respect, and just don't don't fall for impulses. I guess mm. like be be good. For example, I know that my dog, <laughs> he will not be here for long. But once he's gone, I'm not afraid for that moment, right? Because yeah. I know that once that happens, I will be happy because I was the best I could. I yeah. tried my best, and if you try your best, you cannot have regrets. And yes. if you don't have regrets, then why stress why why being afraid right Mm -hmm. just do your best and that's that's the most important wow this has been such an amazing conversation and it's extremely inspiring just hearing you you it was great (laughs) share positivity Mm -hmm. and just show and tell your own story from your experiences it's it's been a beautiful conversation thank you so much i'm really blessed of course (laughs) As we wrap this up, do you have mm-hmm. any questions for me? Well, I, I, I would have so many questions for you. Like, <laughs> uh, all the questions that you asked me, I would like to know them from you, right? Like, yeah. You know, you told me a bit about your story, but I know, I know nothing in the end, right? Of course. Yeah, but I guess that the most important for me would be also to know how do you feel about, for example, architecture and design in your own way? right Mm -hmm. because that's the most important thing everyone has their own uh, vision about it and uh, our lives because you were born in africa right Mm -hmm. and i guess that going from this place to another i guess that that shaped your view of architecture and design for sure okay so um this is actually one of my favorite questions because anytime i get asked this question it kind of makes me feel centered again and reminds Mm -hmm. me of why i got started in the first place so I originally got started with architecture and I was drawn to it because there was one afternoon or morning that I was driving to school with my dad and I looked out the window a lot of what I saw were like homeless people on the street um, immigrants that had come into Nigeria to stay and they were staying on the street because you know there was there was some problem in their country so they had migrated to Nigeria or just even people yeah Uh go away from the problem right exactly yeah yeah and that really broke my heart because I was like I wish someone was doing something about this okay yeah. So I started having that conversation with my dad. And I think, honestly, when I think about it, I wasn't even up to 11 years at the time. Okay. <laughs> and I started having that conversation with my dad and I would ha- ask him little questions. Mm-hmm. And I remember one particular thing was that I told him, I said, you know, I'm not interested in being a politician. I don't want to, you know, go that route, but I really want to help people. So he asked me, like, how would you like to help people? You know, what would you do? 
So mm-hmm. I told him, I said, you know, I think it will be really great if someone could build a community for these people, like a place where these, these people could go, they have a home, you know, they have their own community, you know, they'll have medical access to healthcare, access to education. So they kind of grow in that community and become better citizens to pick them up from this time that they are experiencing. And then they go out in the world and be who they want to be. And my dad was like, you know, I think you might want to be an architect. So that was the end of that conversation. But I think we can cut all the podcast before this and we can just leave this this answer because frankly that's the most beautiful thing I you know uh, answer you. I've heard about archi- about why becoming an architect it's great yeah. thank you really. so as I started maturing when I was going to college of course we started revisiting revisiting that idea again so what exactly would you want to do and my dad had been putting me in a lot of art classes so I really I mean I'm not the best drawer because I haven't been practicing but just Mm -hmm. I started kind of playing with the idea of okay you know I want to be an artist in a way you know I want to study design and getting into school I remember I told myself I was like honestly if I could just get into a good school in the U.S. I promise to go back home and just live out my dream (laughs) wow so that was the whole I guess kind of bet I made with myself Mm-hmm. So I got into an amazing school, FIU, here in Miami, and my perspective of architecture changed completely, okay? It was yeah, course, nothing I actually thought it would be, just going through the education and all of that. I was like, wow, this is extremely challenging. And every day, you know, I would tell myself, is this really what I want to do? And honestly, I would think of so many other things that maybe I'll be interested in, but it all boiled down to this one passion that I had for helping people. So I started participating in design competitions where, um, you know, it's either competitions in for people in Africa or yeah. like I participated in the Habitat for Humanity competition. Yeah, yeah, so I started yeah. doing a lot of research and design around what really inspired me. And that has really kept me going. So just going, transitioning from all of that, and now that I'm based in the U.S., I started really asking myself that challenging question because originally my plan was to move back home. Yeah. So I started asking myself, how can I still implement that but be here? And of course, I've, you know, I've met, my whole life now is in the United States pretty much because I got married and I have great friends here. So I started asking myself, like, how can I use not ignore that education but still implement it to home so now my i guess my search is to really find out what other designers are passionate about because that inspires me one thing that i learned like we talked about was going through architecture school and meeting other architects no one really talked about their struggles no one really talked about how design is so hard reality exactly so i wanted to change that um that conversation and really start pushing people to talk about themselves and why that got why you know they started design why they started architecture and remind people that they're not alone you know so doing all of that i'm slowly with all of the amazing people i'm meeting like you that keep inspiring me every day 
I'm slowly getting back into my focus, which is to, you know, start building and (laughs) developing my home and honestly the world in general because i see myself as a global architect right of course and i think that nowadays we you know uh, geography is not a problem anymore exactly online internet we don't have a problem no boundaries this kind of boundaries or or distance anymore so i Mm -hmm. think i mean your answer was just beautiful (laughs) i'm so i have this big smile in my face because (laughs) i think that it's the first time that someone answers this uh, in such an honest way Mm -hmm. Um, and it's so unselfish you know and so beautiful that i feel a bit ashamed about my answer of course No, but so. like you said, you know, I guess that mine was a, a story of showing others that I could do what they thought I, I was not able to do. Yeah. But yeah. yours is more of yeah this passion for helping others, you know, yeah. through architecture. Because finally, having a home or somewhere to sleep is, I think, one of the most important basic mm-hmm. needs that everyone deserves. Right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, I know you say, like, <laughs> your answer is, you know, just kind of about you, but I yeah. actually didn't <laughs> see it that way. You know, okay. when you told me your answer and your story, it's just, especially sharing your story through this platform, mm-hmm. every other person that might be going through the same thing that you went through with people saying, you know, you're not going to make it through architecture school yeah. or all of you're the challenges. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That just starts breaking that barrier and we get better people. We get architects that aren't assholes. <laughs> yeah, kind architects. That's nice. Exactly. Kind <laughs> That's <great>. architects. <laughs> yeah, your story is beautiful as well. Thank you so much. Again, um, very inspiring what you said. And I mean, Thank you. I'm touched. I'm really touched. Really <laughs> Thank great. you. Great. I hope well, that you will continue with uh, you know, your, your dream and you will be able to do it because we need more of those kind of dreams. For sure, yes. Hopefully, I, you know, I just power through it. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Louis, for taking the time to share everything you have with us. It's been yes, a great pleasure. So, so welcome. And thank you again <laughs> for the opportunity. I love to talk. I love, to, I love architecture and design. So I love sharing my sure. thoughts. And, and knowing your thoughts was great. 